0: All right, so I think we've covered everything we want when it comes to Kiki and Tiger. Uh, Just looking forward to them at this point. What we're going to really be able to get our hands on and have already started to play with is the Miramar update that's coming. Any of us who've been playing PUBG since the beginning can remember when PUBG got its first new map. You know, Miramar is like the long-range fighting map for many of us. It's a bit harder to drive on compared to Erangel has iconic hot drop locations and some of the best hill to hill combat due to almost no foliage getting in the way. So they've remastered it to a degree. And so what's changed is lighting has changed. Uh, They've adjusted some cover. They have tried to make coastlines a little less troublesome. Uh, There has been cliff and foliage updates. So they have actually added a little bit of foliage that wasn't there before. Doesn't seem as bad as other maps can be, but I haven't played on it enough to know if that's going to be an issue, but it doesn't feel like it yet. And then one that I liked a lot was there seems to be less clutter, especially around the buildings. They've kind of taken furniture and not removed it, but they've moved it. So it's either just completely out of the way or you have more cover options. And that goes along with some of these windows being boarded up now. In a mode titled Challenger Mode, which we have no information on yet, as far as I know, I don't think we've heard the word Challenger Mode yet, but uh, there's going to be a dusk and a sandstorm weather type from Miramar. That will be added for just challenger mode, I'm hoping. Uh, but that'll go with the current weather types of sunny, sunset, sunrise, and cloudy. Either the sunset or the sunrise, I can't tell which one is which. doesn't really tell you, I don't think. But one of them is really nice. I think it's the sunset is really nice. A little darker, but like visibility is good and all that. But I think it's the sunrise that is really washed out and kind of rough. Uh, Trigger and I were playing on it last night, and it was definitely different. What did you think of some of the lighting situations?
1: Yeah, I think that the, (laughs) I think that Sunny is great. I just, man, it just feels a little hazy to me. And I don't know if it's because it's new and I'm not used to it, but it just feels like there's a smudge on my screen. And I just, some of it just doesn't feel good. And I, you know, I think the design they said was to reduce eye strain and it, it makes it way worse for me. And I don't know if that's common.
0: No, we, I mean, we both felt it last night.
1: Yeah, so I just I don't know, man. I I never had any problems with visibility on the previous Miramar. I think the texture updates were fantastic. But from a weather standpoint, I just yeah, I'm struggling with it. It's my only complaint is that I feel like I want to clean my monitor when I'm playing Miramar right now. On the test server, it just bugs me, <laughs> you know? And once you get into action and all that kind of stuff, you don't really notice it. But on numerous occasions, I've been looking at my screen like, is that my monitor? Is it the brightness? What is it? And it really comes down to what the weather is on Miramar, and it just doesn't feel crisp. And I think that the haze, the general haze that's on Miramar now, just it does not look or feel good. And I, d- I think it's producing the opposite effect. I think it's causing eye strain. Mm-hmm.
0: I wholly agree. I remember you saying and, and this isn't too much of a dig, but you remember saying I remember you saying last night that I feel like whoever made this doesn't understand what most FPS players are looking for, where they're trying to make it like less strain and they're kind of like blending things a little more and make like less uh, distinction between certain things. We want full vibrancy. We want full distinction between colors and stuff like that. So nothing gets washed out. We don't ever miss anything. <laughs> and so I, I agreed with that. It was just kind of funny. <laughs> I, I remember with some of my color, colorblind, color deficiency, you know, stuff before we had the Tritonopia setting, I couldn't find players uh, over tops of hills and stuff where people were giving me like exact locations. And I, it took me like, you know, almost until my death at the time before I found them. And this kind of just feels like the same thing in a distance where no matter what your color issues are, you're not gonna be able to see someone if it's just kinda of blurry at a distance of two hundred plus meters, you know? So I I'm not a fan of it. I don't I don't love it.
1: Yeah. I I think the same sort of situation happened on Paramo in Sandhawk
0: the... got some of that too with the light. Yeah, lighting.
1: yeah. So I, I I think this is one of those spots where I guess I wanna know more about it. Because I said that to you and I, I'm, I'm it's fine going out there, but I said it like in a pretty rude way because it was my, my first sort of my first sort of feeling like I was just like, what the heck? They have no idea what we want. <laughs> I, I want to understand more about that specific visual effect, because I'm guessing I'm not alone in that. It actually does cause me more eye strain and it makes me not want to point my screen, my character's point of view towards the sun Mm -hmm. because it makes it harsh. And there's no setting that I can get to where looking at the sun isn't harsh. And from a realism standpoint. Yeah, our character shouldn't be able to look at the sun, but I don't want to experience the sun while I'm playing a game. (laughs) I I like lighting effects and different lighting, like if buildings are a little darker or, you know, if there's some like shimmer, which they seem to put a lot in there on this new map with, you know, when it's raining, there's some shimmer. And then on the edges of the water surfaces, there's shimmer. That stuff's really cool. That's lighting effect. I don't know that I want realistic sun effect. It you know, the haze and the harshness when you're looking at it, it's not making the game interesting. It's making me want to leave Miramar and stop playing. So I don't think that's the intended change on this. And to be honest, like for me personally, it's really bad. I I didn't enjoy the new haziness and lighting effect on Miramar. and, And I hate that we started on that because that's the only negative thing. I think there's so much good on it. But I hope this gets addressed or at least explained or maybe there's a setting that can be changed because it's not good in its current format and that's for me personally maybe you know maybe you and I are the only ones that feel this way but I doubt it it's I just not a big fan
0: yeah I'm just shaking my head over here I saw I saw plenty of tweets where like everything seems pretty pretty good but the the lighting is is a little rough It feels like when you watch movies that are based in Mexico or like half of it's in the US and half of it's in Mexico and it's like you know, the DEA versus the cartel or something. In America, everything's just normal camera and everything. But then you get to Mexico and everything's got a yellow tint to it. It's like, Mexico is not tinted yellow. You know, like the sky isn't yellow. Like this, It just kind of feels like it's gotten the movie effect of this like yellowed out kind of vignette that they put on. And it's like, dude, I don't want an Instagram filter slapped over my game just to tell me I'm in Mexico. And that's what it kind of feels like.
1: And that that's really the basis of my critique is that I think it looks really good and definitely has a more realistic feeling of being in a hot, dry, like not clear and crisp place. You know, it's like dusty, but it's not adding anything to me. It's its making me hoping that it's reduced upon release next week, which is unlikely. But yeah, man, it, it's funny. The movie filter, like you said, it's like, It's unnecessary, and I think it's going to take away from the textures and the buildings and the models that got so much polish and just look so good now. When you're trying to like manage the haze on the map, you're not focused on the textures, and I think that's going to be a real shame if it stays this way. I mean, I I don't want to harp on it too much because I think there's way more positive stuff to focus on. But to me, this was a this is a bad change.
0: I mean, if we look back though to the Iron Gall remaster, I don't know if it was it wasn't like you know so much the lighting, but it was it was a very different change. Like the grass felt like it hadn't been cut, and and the foliage was too high, and and people just had like some. It felt like very similar, like. A lot of this is great stuff. We really like the new like way to get underneath the houses by shooting out the thing, like the floor or whatever. But there's the, the certain things about the grass and the lighting that feel very different and take away from the gall that we know and love. And within a week or two, I feel like it got kind of adjusted back to being more like it was before. And you never heard about it again. So I'm hoping we go that route rather than how Sandhawk feels sometimes with the same kind of lighting discrepancy. And Sandhawk is this really weird thing where, you know, you'll be playing a game and then it'll get to like phase five and the lighting that was so weird all of a sudden gets like turned off and it's like the lights got turned back on on the map and like there's a distinct just like split second change to just a way more clear end circle that you didn't get all game where it was like just yellowy kind of or something. Hopefully we get more of the Erangel quick change instead of what we've seen kind of linger on Sandhawk that a lot of us haven't really ever gotten used to or enjoyed. All right. So that's enough of the negative. It's just lighting that seems a little overtuned right now. And we'd like to see it kind of kind of changed back a little bit. But the lighting within buildings looks great. A lot of these like light bulbs have been added that make it so that there's more realistic darkness within the buildings, but it's illuminated as well. So it's almost better to see inside as compared to before. What are some of your favorite changes to uh, locations or building models that you thought are really strong now?
1: I think that the additional cover uh, will ultimately be a thing that people look back as really good change. I think some people's hot drops and locations got changed to where uh, they don't feel like it's as competitive, maybe because there's more places to hide or get cover. But I actually think that, you know, specifically the big green like warehouse structures that were historically very open, uh, they got a bunch of crates and structure and a little bit more, they they walled off some doors and there's now some boarded up windows on some of the high rise buildings. And I think that a lot of this is going to be some of my favorite changes because, you know, rather than having to worry about, you know, 17 windows on some areas, you only have to worry about five. And it makes it more interesting from an offensive and defensive standpoint. So, I'm also glad to see them start to change the meta on some of those areas. Like, you know, there's some spots where it was just like, this is where you should peek from. This is how you should do it because it's really safe or you have really good sight lines. And those have now been changed quite a bit. So those are probably my favorite. The big green buildings, I think that's kind of neat because those are often in highly contested areas. And it's just another area now that needs to be cleared or if you do land there and there's some other people there or even in the in the middle of the game, you have some options strategically versus, oh, no, I'm in a wide open building. This yeah. is not good. You know, a wide open buildings aren't interesting. They are interesting for hot drops to see who gets the gun and who wins. But um, <laughs> for the losing party of that, it's like nowhere well, to run, nowhere gun to Gun didn't spawn. You know, So I I could even argue that it's actually not super interesting. So I think those changes largely are going to be the ones I look at as being my favorite. And um, outside of that, I just I love what they did with uh, the terrain driving through the map.
0: Feels a little more polished, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. And, And it's it's no longer as punishing. You know, we talked a lot about that at the top of the show where, you know, this was a harder map to drive on, but it's a smoother experience, but there's more terrain to play and there's not as many cliffs. And the cliffs that are there are actually cliffs. They're not just steep terrain. You know, there's a lot of spots in the, the original version of Miramar that looked like you should be able to move over, and you can't. <laughs> and
0: all of a sudden, <laughs> you know? you're just slipping down, and you're taking chunks of damage, or you're just falling to your death. Sometimes yeah. you would fall a little, get knocked, and then keep falling and get full flushed by this hill that looked like you could run down it. And if you were like 10 more feet ahead, you could have ran down the whole thing. And your teammates just look at yeah. you like you're an idiot. And I've, I've literally seen everyone die once or twice on Miramar to these ridges that you just can't tell where the where you know they go completely straight up and down out of nowhere.
1: Right. And so that to me like it, it's funny because I agree with you my initial gut reaction was that Miramar feels smoother and it has some more dips and curves to play on, but it might just be that the cliffs are more pronounced and they're obviously cliffs. Like the one that sticks out to me is the church building. Yeah. Right? The the church building is like, "Oh, there's a cliff and there's only You know, if you're approaching, you know, from the north and heading south, you have to go to the left or to the right to get up. There is no other option. That to me is good because on the old version, it's like there's spots you could get up, but they weren't easy to get up and they may have only been made available when they added vaulting, you know, so from the original, (laughs) you know, the original take, you couldn't even do it. So those are my favorite changes. Yeah, I,
0: I think that there's good and bad at church for the changes. I think people who really liked the aggressive full sends on the church um, when there's already a team there are going to miss it. Because you used to be able to take a Murado or take a bike and go as fast as possible and hit this this hill that was super steep. And I don't even know if you could fully walk up. it. You had to go around. Right. I think that's what you're just talking about. But if you went on a vehicle really fast you could literally land on the roof of the church and just crush somebody or just land up there and they have no idea how to play around you they've already had to hide and now you're you're on equal terms on how about this roof This should have been a good place to hold so yeah everyone's going to miss being on a landing vehicle on a roof like that's hilarious and fun uh especially when you get to fight during it but you couldn't ever really run up the same direction that you would drive up because it was wide open and there was nowhere to hide so if you get caught on the way up by the team already holding it you have, no, you have to rotate wide left or wide right around the church before you can even think about coming back to bother them. And now with the cliffs, you have to be on the roof to see down. And even then, you just pull up to the side of the cliffs and you can't shoot over without being really exposed yourself. Whereas before, you could, you could sit within the cover of the top of the roof or the front entrance and shoot down on people with little to no risk at all. So you have to put yourself out there to get over that and see someone pushing up. Teams have ways to push up that are better. I think it's overall for the health of that area better, but it's definitely sad that you can't, you know, full send it with the ramp play.
1: Yeah, there's some pretty, uh, (laughs) you know, stunts that were commonly used that have gotten changed
0: first they take away our sandhawk river rock by uh by the old uh boot camp and now they take away this They're just taking taking stuff away from our our tricksters you know our evil kniebles. I like
1: how that that's something that maybe we just do and nobody else really did you know what I mean like there's some things that I think every group or like squad probably has things they do that maybe not super common that one I think happens enough that it's pretty common but taking away some sort of like trick or stunt you know one of the things that sort of got implemented with the emergency airdrop was landing on those barn buildings Mm -hmm. and now in some of those there's actually ways to vault up you know going you know using the hay bales and vault up and get on top of which there used to be one type that you could get on top of some uh, tractors and accomplish that but largely it was unavailable and now they've added some more, you know, vertical possibilities inside of some of these buildings. So I think that's really neat.
0: So there's two, there's two green barns, right? There's the, yeah, the green barns that you can find at power grid. Um, And those have like a closed side. Now they have uh, doorways that you can't go in and out of. And there's definitely like, you're forced to go certain paths through these buildings and also can hold them a lot better. But then the ones that you can climb up on are the ones that you pull up to, that are more farmhouse than any than like storage or anything. There was like the black bars for like cattle and stuff that were around it. Right. Those ones always had this little upstairs area that you couldn't get to. And I remember when you and I were messing around with the parachute we landed on top of this poor team and they had no idea that we could even do that and they couldn't get up to us even if they killed us and you know it was just this whole thing. You went on to win that game and clutch up in like a fantastic way, but we just got out of that game and and your chat was yelling at you and we both just kind of felt bad for just ruining this team who had picked the best spot for the rest of the game and we land on top of the spot they can't ever get to us and and kind of just picked them apart so now you can climb up on top of those entirely you can climb up boxes get into this little extra area and then even get on the roof of those those uh specific barn models um which is going to be really fun and that little area is. Super safe, so always look up now when you're in those because someone can be hiding and just waiting <laughs> at the end game for you. Right, and that would be a pretty annoying way to die, but also just super interesting. And, and you can get up there if you can kill the guy. You can get up there. You can knock him. So that's nice to see verticality that everyone can have access to.
1: Yeah, and I think that goes back to the things that are my kind of favorite about the the revamp. And that Miramar, when you first start playing it, is It feels really open, but there's actually a lot of cover in the terrain. So I think it's good that, you know, the first natural instinct of cover is buildings. And Miramar was the map where some of the buildings had no cover. It was actually the worst thing you could do. So I think building that out, giving you some vertical options within buildings, some more cover in buildings is kind of gonna level, the play field of knowing the terrain versus knowing the buildings. And since those buildings appear all over the map, it could give some, you know, familiar structure for people to play that maybe aren't necessarily familiar with all of the like really powerful nooks and crannies that you can get into on Miramar. And some of those have changed and the terrain's changed a lot. So I'm excited to discover new ones. But. Uh, I agree. I think it's uh I think that's an interesting uh a change, especially the verticality within the building. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see if uh you know, we lost a couple stunts, but maybe we gained some new uh new strategy elements with those.
0: Yeah, and so just some other changes. Um if you guys can remember the trailers that you would find and actually be able to go into and loot on Haven those have made their way to Miramar, which seems very fitting and has been nice because the trailer park now has legitimate trailers that you can go into and loot. I wouldn't say it's a drop spot even for one person, but it's a maybe a stop by quick loot, or if you have to hold it, you can actually go inside something. The gas station when you're leaving Azahar also now has one extra garage plus two uh, of these Haven trailers. So just a little bit extra loot if your shoot was a little, little bad and you, you didn't quite make it to Azhar or something or, or you know, you're leaving and you just need to stop by for a little extra. Like, it's just nice to have something adjacent to this area that's actually got some decent loot in it. And then the junkyard uh, location actually got a brick building, one of those, like, two stories where you uh, have the outside looting areas on the, the roof and the outside. It got an extra one of those in place of this really weird cement building that was hard to loot and didn't have good loot usually so you have a much more defensible location there's now like three distinct buildings that you can land at and then fight if you needed to fight another team or one other player and just little things like that and then like you know the windows on those types of brick buildings you know you can't get shot at from the second floor within the second floor by someone outside on that balcony area and like it's little changes like that, that that are gonna like reduce the annoyingness of of holding some of those locations, but also take away some of the power of holding certain buildings with those windows blocked off. You can't get shot, but you also can't stop a building, someone from pushing your building from that direction. So if you know that as a player pushing, you can take advantage of it without getting you know shredded on your on your approach. You had mentioned also the arena now has some walls on the top floor or too that can kind of give you some cover. I know. Um, one of our PUBG pros, Michael, he was like, "I'm not a fan of this. That's one of the most like true PUBG tests in the game. You know, if you land up on that top floor, you find a gun. Someone else finds a gun. There's no cover up there traditionally, and it's whoever's the best shot, best reaction time, kind of thing wins. um Now you kind of have some some play around that, but I think it's good for most people. But yeah, if you if you liked how hectic it was, it, it might kind of slow down some uh third story of arena fights, but. I think it's probably good for most people.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. I mean, again, there's a lot of things that I think veteran players look at as being necessary to the game, and having you know, if you're if you're if you're dropping in for the first time in a while, you know, you drop into the arena, like you're gonna get wrecked, like you're gonna feel <laughs> the effects of it, and I don't think that wall is gonna necessarily change that. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's still gonna be. Uh, a highly contested area because of how much loot's in there and how central it is to Picado and uh, El Pozo when you go to that one. It does change it. It is who gets the gun first. And I think that if I'm being really honest as somebody who does hot drop a lot, losing because somebody else got to the ground like a half second before you isn't an interesting way to die. It's not, you know, there is skill in parachuting, but I guess that's not what I'm most interested in getting better at. I don't want to have to spend 10, 20, 30 hours perfecting my parachute. I would rather spend the time, you know, with no vest and no helm winning a gunfight. Right. And, and you know, being able to have a little bit of cover or something uh, it really is something that I I think is a good change. And I know that's probably a controversial take, especially for someone like me that's, you know, approaching 3000 hours in the game. But I I don't think this hurts. (laughs) I'll say it this way. Uh, It may hurt a very small percentage of the player base. But I think for, you know, people that want to check out these areas that traditionally can't, it, it at least gives them an option to buy at least a second while their gun reloads versus being shot in the head by the person who has, you know, four, five, six, eight thousand hours in the game and perfected their drop, knows how to drag the ammo in and reload it while the other person's just hitting the ground. I guess I don't find a sense of, you know, reward or I don't find a sense of reward from killing somebody that way. Do I do it? Sure, because I want to move on and win the area. But I'm not saying like, oh, I wrecked that guy. Yeah, I'm so much no, I'm better than there that like, guy
0: who has no oh, armor. I got
1: the gun. You didn't. That said, when I do drop in those areas and it ends up being people that I know, you know, whether it's community members or other streamers or whatever. Well, <laughs> then I do want, to, I do want to win that. And I think that's probably where that original comment came from, is that it's a good place to fight your friends or other people that you know, because you have a pretty good idea that somebody will go there. That you're aware of or know. So it it can be a skill test that way, but largely I think it's a slaughter fest. And I think a lot of the changes to the buildings speak to PUBG trying to minimize those early deaths, even in hot drop areas.
0: Yeah. It gives you a little bit of space to try and get out, reposition, load that gun that you just picked up late on the drop, like just a little bit of time to, uh, to level the playing field back up for yourself just a little bit. And I think the biggest thing with all of the changes that we've seen to certain locations is they might have put boards um, on some of the windows or added more cover here and there, but I don't feel like anything, any, any location, at least not a big one, has been changed to the point where it's unrecognizable anymore, which is something that they've done in the past. You know, we think back to old boot camp and lobster building, you know, how much people miss old boot camp, even if it had its like inherent design flaws of not being balanced. It was perfect because if you... If you were the dude who had the most confidence or or really thought you could win, you land on lobster. If you didn't, you land on the outside and push in, you know, and it was like annoying the diet of the team that pushed in late when you just cleared out all of lobster. but there was nothing quite like a like a lobster hot drop and how crazy it was, and now we just can't even get it anymore. And I think boot camp is just it doesn't feel the same anymore because of it. I don't feel like we have any of those changes.
1: No, but I think looking at lobster, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, lobster had some open areas, but it was obvious that they were open arena presents itself as a building with cover and it's wide open (laughs) in the inside. And then also lobster, like you could get a gun and go into a nook or go into a room or fight out in the open or fight on the roof. Like you had options arena. There is no option, right? Only on the bottom level you have the the bathrooms and then the little desk area
0: and it's the worst place in the building to hold like there's no yeah. there's no way to you no, well, no one can yeah no one can really like push you that easily but you can't push out of it that easily or hold anything it's that's, that's that advantageous you know everything is on the second and third floors
1: right so like that's where i think that the original you know Sandhawk boot camp was defined by that but there was a lot of options there so i see this as an opportunity for pubg to fix how much um how many deaths occur in this area and i look at it as how many deaths probably occur with people without guns yeah right because i i think if the beginning of the game even in hot drop areas was balanced so that more people had guns even if they didn't have armor or helmets I think that would be good for hot drops and for initial sections of the game because it's it's just not interesting or fun to die without anything in your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it just takes away from the PUBG experience. So I see this as a small balance step towards that. And I'm guessing this will be pretty effective in accomplishing that.
0: Yeah. And my point is more just, you know, when Lobster is replaced by the current boot camp, it just changes the feel of it and everything. And And that's one, you know, one change that I feel is pretty big. And, you know, I don't love that you have the basement. I think that's one of my least favorite parts of, of the new boot camp. But when you look at something that's been changed entirely, you can look at when Vikendi had Abby or whatever moved up to a spot that everyone actually really liked dropping at. It was like the Gatka of Vikendi, and it was just gone. And then you look at Ruins, and it gets changed from This place that is insane to fight in. Learn was probably like the queen who ran ruins. That was like her drop spot. And now ruins is just completely different. Uh, There's like no verticality at all. And it's just a different place entirely. And it's like you took something away from people who really liked that area. Instead, this time they've gone and they've done small things to make it more survivable without taking away its identity. And that's what I think they've done or learned from at this point.
1: Yep, I agree with you, man. That's a great way to put it.
0: All right, so the last thing I want to talk about about location changes is this is the location change that no one is going to miss the old version. And I think the, the you know we kind of touched on this um, in the beginning of the episode, but the new caves down below Los Leonis uh, that they've done is really interesting. There's a special spawn there. I don't think I'm going to give that away, but you might learn about it from someone else. There's a special spawn down there. There's a lot more loot to be had. The um, fighting on top of like the little grates, track and the runs up top is interesting. It's hard for both people on the bottom and on top, which trigger had to watch me struggle with one of those fights last <laughs> night. It's really interesting, and then like the, it's way more extensive. There's sneaky ways in and out, and it feels like a bunker in there was built in there now instead of just it was kind of just this weirdly industrial cave that they might have been hiding something in and now it's like no this is a bunker built by somebody that was like really really purpose built now maybe an end circle there would be really annoying but maybe they'll have that put in so that it doesn't happen too often but no, no one ever likes having two people separated by a complete uh you know mountain or something that you can't get under or over or whatever right if you need a first place to check out when you first land on the new and improved miramar i highly recommend that you go to that cave system below Los Sionis. It is really cool, and you will actually probably leave with decent loot.
1: Yeah, man, I, th- I think that there's a lot more to discover down there, which I'm excited for. I mean, our first our first adventure in there was nuts. Like, I got shot from the rafters that I had no idea even existed in there, and then you were like, okay, I got to get this guy. I'm going over And then I here. went into the
0: rafters, and he <laughs> dropped down, and then I had to fight him from the top position, and, and he had to realize that he made a mistake dropping down on the trigger. And then I knock and kill that guy. And I think I died from someone else in the rafters after that, trying to pick trigger up. But it was exactly it was fun. It was it was interesting.
1: Yeah. So I'm excited for that. I agree. I think it's a neat area. It, I, I don't know that it's going to get the appreciation it probably deserves because I don't know how often it's going to come into play. But when when a fight does go there, I think it'll be really fun to watch if you see it or participate in. So I'll be excited to hopefully have a game end up in that area.
0: I think when it first when when this first hits the live servers I feel like it's going to be a fun little hot drop just cuz it's different and just completely changed inside and there's decent amounts of loot. But I don't think after a while it's going to be like a drop spot for people because it does take a while to loot and move through and god one of the tunnels feels like it goes on forever and you don't actually get that far in the end, you know, it doesn't feel like it at least. It's interesting, it's cool and it provides many different ways to sneak in there um so if you happen to go through it mid game or even late game i feel like it could be very interesting as long as the circle eventually pulls away from it because yeah. like i said fighting like that can be can be uh, anticlimactic if it's just for, like two teams and they're just going to heal off or something so
1: yeah is it named on the map nope. nope see and that's that's i think one of the issues with it right i was thinking about that you gotta
0: like, be in the name i don't
1: know that it'll become a hot drop because i think that largely, I think there's probably a significant chunk of players that I don't know what percentage watch Twitch or listen to podcasts or whatever. But a lot of people don't even read all the patch notes, right? They just log into play. And I think that's good, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that just play PUBG. If you just play PUBG, you're not going to end up near that cave other than when you spawn in on Miramar, you might be right by it. But even then, people don't run around a whole lot unless someone kicks a soccer ball down that cave. (laughs) You know, I don't think it's going to be one of those things that's discovered by a ton of players and even in that it you know i don't know that a bunch of people will just go randomly drop there because you also have to know where it's at on the map or mark it while you're there and spawn so yeah. i don't know man i don't know that i agree that it's going to become a hot drop or even a mini hot drop i just i'm not sure how many people are really going to notice or care after they start checking out the other stuff
0: sure but i mean think back to the the cave loot on vikendi can you still get in there i feel like you can right it's just That's not a,
1: i don't even know man it's i not, haven't gone there in so long i
0: don't think it's um drop loop, but i still think it's increased like better loot typically yeah i haven't gone there in forever but if you remember then, like that was tons of people going there every round because most streamers were going there for free, three gear right off the bat. But just tons of players are going there without streamers that where they were like trying to snipe or whatever. People were learning and learn right. you know looking for this new, you know new place that came out of nowhere. And because it's a spot that you hang out at in the beginning, very often, I think people will end up exploring it, especially with the soccer ball that got put in the uh, lobby.
1: Yeah, that's probably true.
0: But anyway, there's a lot to explore. We looked at a bunch of stuff, so we kind of knew where to go from. Caster some of you may be familiar with. His name is, uh, the name is Toby. He's a terrific caster, and he also did a lot of legwork for checking out the new map and trying to figure out the differences. We'll post a link. He has a small little video that shows some of the changes, as well as just the pictures and his video is just him showing the pictures of before and after for certain areas on the map. So you can see the changes. And then in the video, he just kind of explains a little more detail. Um, so those are two quick, short ways to kind of see maybe where you want to go. But definitely, we encourage you to just go explore everything and kind of see it for yourself. That's what we did last night. And it was a really good time. So Absolutely. So moving on, we have uh, two new vehicles um one seems to be more or less just a skin of the regular bike but it looks more like like an american kind of almost like a harley but more of a sport vibe to it i don't i wouldn't know what to call it, maybe a roadster kind of bike or something but has a really nice engine sound good speed good stability and you know just feels really nice uh compared to just the kind of small little engine sound that you would get from a motorcycle you get way more of it from from this new bike uh, skin. And then a brand new vehicle, it's an ATV or a quad, whatever you want to call it, a four-wheeled bike. Uh, It seats two people. It's got 750 health. Its max speed is 110 kilometers an hour without boost and 125 kilometers at max boost. And it only spawns on Miramar. It'll be added to customs and uh, training mode later on. But definitely try this thing out. Its top speed might not be as much as the other bikes, but it's like impossible to flip. I don't even think you can actually like really do a flip on it. Um, I know Trigger was trying it. It feels super stable, (laughs) super hard. It's like the vehicle you'd like, I don't think you can flip it over. Like, I don't think you can roll over. It's the easiest thing to drive on Miramar yet, probably. And it has some really good like pickup and like giddy up and go. Like if you just start it and start going uphill and hit boost, it feels like you just fly up the hill more so than anything else. And maybe it's just a feature that they put in because it has You know, the slightly, slightly deflated tires a little bit, just the the way that they made it, I think is just perfect for for Miramar. Sounds cool. Fun skins on it already. There's like a couple different ones that all look cool. You know, they look like Guy Fieri designed them based on his shirts (laughs) he wears or something, but they look, you know, they look like what you would kind of expect, but they're really fun. So definitely look to play with those new vehicles and and check those out. And then we have a new care package weapon. It's called the Lynx AMR, which stands for Anti-Material Rifle. Uh, so that doesn't scare you. Wait till you hear it sound in the game. It is PUBG's first 50 cal sniper. It's uh, the anti-vehicle sniper. It can destroy a BRDM. It can shoot through the windows of the BRDM, and it can even one-shot a bike, like the you know the dirt bike, or any of those bikes. One-shot, dead. Two to three shots on most other vehicles. So this sounds great, but if you thought you had ammo problems with the OM you're gonna not like this as much it's only got five shots it comes loaded i believe and you can't reload it unload it anything like that just five shots that's it so yeah you can blow up a bike in one shot you can destroy your brdm probably with all five shots or even knock someone out of the brdm which will be cool to to knock someone out of a brdm uh will feel pretty awesome yeah five shots really limits you what do you think about this uh i know we both didn't see it yet but
1: um, I saw it on streams. I think that the concept of it is really cool. I think that this is the first really like C4 was kind of a thing to balance out BRDMs. And this is the obvious one for BRDMs and cars. It's kind of a bummer that it's only five shots. Like it, it seems like That is a man. It's crazy to me that it's only five. Yeah. I like that you can't just go like destroy a bunch of vehicles with it. But if it takes two or three shots on a normal vehicle, I mean, you're deciding between shooting an enemy at range or shooting the vehicle. I'm not sure that there's enough bullets in it for it to make a meaningful impact on the game. And I just I don't know why. It may be too powerful with a lot of ammo, <laughs> I guess. I guess is the only reason I can think about this is maybe in play testing internally. It was just crazy. Ten shots like I mean, I just like w- one reload. Like what about ten? You know, once I get to the arm and, and have like, you know, six bullets left or five bullets left. I am like, I'm in conservation mode.
0: You're not even shooting. You have the most powerful gun in the game and you're afraid to waste it. And Now this yeah. is a new one and it's even, I get like high reward. The risk is that you end up only having your AR after that because you wasted your five shots. Yeah. Rough though.
1: So I, I see, I, but I love the balancing of it. And it's like, I'll be real honest, man. I BRDMs like, I'm. Upset because when I played the last
0: time. Your week, this week with them. Oh. Let's let's walk them through that one. That was oh my gosh. So
1: I had a game where uh, I was in duos and I'm playing with J-Mac and we had an insane game on Aaron Gill and I mean we rotated across the map. We were fragging out. We had to defend a compound twice we get to the end circle, and it's like eight or nine alive, and we knew there was one BRDM on the map, and then we end up having to kill two teams, and then the only remaining teams, there's six people alive, and it's two teams in BRDMs and us. At that point, it was like, okay, this just sucks. It doesn't happen very often that a BRDM's in the end game. I get that, but it's like that tank is so like they basically just got to drive to the next circle, park it, have cover wherever they wanted. And there was two of them. So they're both just trying to run us over. So we threw smokes and and made our way to the edge of the circle and then we got a hard shift across. So that happens and it's like, okay, (laughs) like we're probably not gonna win this. But we got to the point where it was like, okay, we, we have a chance here because we did get to some good position we had tons of smokes we threw them and we ended up killing one of the teams but in order to do that we had to put a ton of ammo into theirs and then force them out while the other team was getting position we end up winning the first fight but then we're on the edge of the circle the blue zones moving in it's a hard shift circle to the north and this other team just got to set up and basically wait for us And as soon as we came around the corner, they have cover in the circle, we're on the outside, and to get in, we have to run through a field, so there's just zero chance. I guess I look at that, and even if there was a chance for me to pick up this new rifle during the game, number one, I wouldn't have probably had ammo in it by then, because we had long-range fights, and two, like, just, you know, being able, the, the- I don't know. There's there's not enough ammo in it to make it worth picking up other than to check it out. I don't in squads, maybe. Right. In squads, I can see the five ammo being okay. But I think in different modes, I mean, it may need to get adjusted that way, because if you have one out of four people with this, you can still have another sniper. Right. You could still have
0: pressure with other means. Yeah.
1: It may force some role playing. Like, you know, you may need to have someone who's like, well, I'm going to rock a DMR and I'm going to carry the links just in case we need it. You know, that's that could be something that occurs. You know, probably not. But <laughs> that BRDM situation was so frustrating because they still no almost counter. lost
0: with all that in their favor, too. Like, I, I think you guys rounded the smoke and either you were I think you died on that. Yeah. And one of them tried to push and J-Mac gets the knock. And then this guy, the other guy jumps back in his BRDM, moves it to another spot of cover, stands behind it. and. Is able to you know with full health, no blue issue at all, has cover that otherwise wouldn't be there at all, and it's yeah. massive. And if you blow it up, it doesn't jump in the air, go flying away from you. It just blows up right there. So all you have to do is back up a little. You know, JMac like almost clutched that game with all of that against you guys. It literally came down to movable tank cover that you know you can't get shot out of and doesn't go anywhere when you blow it up. It was heartbreaking to watch all that happen. And, you know, the fact that it was still almost a win is just the the worst part.
1: Well, exactly. And I, I'm just looking at it that the BRDM is you choose it. If it's available, you can choose it. Right. And there's no question whether you're getting it or not. Right. There's not like a chance that you get a, you know, a scooter. Right. Whereas when you call in a crate or you go to a crate, it's a random gun. So even if we had chased down three or four crates that game, we're not guaranteed to get a Lynx. I guess what I would like to see from this gun is it really is a counter to something that's really powerful, which is the BRDM. And maybe it's too powerful against other vehicles so that if it has a ton of ammo, it's just too good at destroying cars. But I do want counters to the BRDM because a BRDM that makes it to the end game is insane. It's absolutely nuts. And it doesn't happen very often. So maybe it it doesn't need a lot of work. But boy, when they get one to the end game, it's brutal, you know, because you either have to give up your position to kill it, which in the end game is, you know, <laughs> can mean everything. Or two, you've got to, you know, outshoot them or wait for them to get out and fight you, which if you're the only team left, they don't even have to do that. <laughs> you know, they can kind of position where they want, set up, create cover. I don't know. I, I I think the BRDMs are OK. It's just two of them just sucked.
0: Yeah. I mean, in <laughs> duos and solos, you have to shoot a lot of your ammo to take down one. And you were able to do that to one of them. But then you would have literally ran out of ammo that game if you would try yep. to shoot out the other one and disable it. So then you just have to let them use this, you know, it's like a third teammate, you know, it, it's like it's insane to have in a duo situation or a solo situation because, yeah, you lose so much uh, not having it, trying to disable it or work around it. That's enough about our BRDM, you know, well, right
1: it now. is except for one thing, like normally when things get released, like the the emergency pickups. They were released in a way where everyone could try them, right? And it was it was discovered pretty quick that I think they're overpowered, which is why they got nerfed so hard. You know, going from you could spawn a bunch of them at a time and everyone was picking them up to reduce frequency and there's a cooldown. That's a huge nerf when you look at it through that lens. I don't know that people are going to pick up this gun. I don't think it's powerful enough with five bullets, meaning overall power level. How many people hit their first sniper shot or second or third? Right. Most people may land one shot with this. And then you add the major piece that it can shoot through a BRDM, which is going to be moving most likely. Like now that this is in the game, people are not going to sit still in a BRDM.
0: I don't think it's going to ever impact a BRDM. Um, I think it'll very rarely, you know, one shot a, a bike. But it would be like if you're shooting at a bike with a Lynx, shoot towards the bike. Hope that you hit the player. But if not, you 100% are disabling that vehicle because yeah. uh, it is a pretty big target. I think yeah. the, it is going to be by far the strongest gun against players that this game has ever seen. From what I've heard, it'll one shot you in the body from 100 health. It is just that powerful to blow a hole in you. Um, so I don't think three gear is going to save you at all, at all with this gun.
1: Right, but I don't think people want or need a gun that's more powerful against players. I think the arm is already at a pretty solid power level. Like when you get the arm, you feel powerful. We didn't need something that also does it against players. Like I guess I would have liked to see this released in a way where it was overpowered for a little while and then scaled back. Because I don't know that you can release it with five bullets and then scale it up if it's not getting used yeah. or not doing anything. Because I think largely this gun's going to get picked up and people are going to pick it up, look for things to shoot really quick and then pick up their other gun and go. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to leave the crate area very often or it's going to incentivize teams to stick around the crate area just to shoot at whoever comes near. Yeah. And I don't know, man, I just <laughs> I just I, I guess I wanted a new crate gun to be something that I really want to pick up. Not that I have to be like, uh, well, I don't want to run the M4 and this and then not have a ranged weapon. Yeah. It's too restricting to be interesting to me. But I mean, maybe I'll pick it up and shoot it and completely change my tune by the next episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there it could it could end up being like a really fun gun. I mean, it's going to be exciting to have in your hands for the first few times. But then you're going to also have times where you are like, okay, well, we got this, we rotated the zone, and now we're holding this good compound. But there's no there's no DMR or sniper, and if it was, someone looted it already early in the game. So now you're sitting there and you're 4x tapping an M4, and you're you're kind of regretting it because you're out of bullets. Right. But anyway, we haven't played with the links personally. We haven't got it in our hands and yeah it's gonna be really powerful i've heard it might even be able to like one shot you in the legs like that kind of stuff too so it might be you know really really punishing against players um to the point where the five bullets is enough but i'm thinking we're gonna need eight to 12 or something like that something different from the bomb but i think we're gonna need a little bit more uh, especially since it's not going into comp or into the it, it's only going to be on Miramar as well uh, it's it's not going to be in care packages on other maps as well so I don't think it needs to be as limiting as it is
1: Yeah, that's, that's the only downside to it is I want to use this but I think from a wanting to win the game standpoint I don't think this offers enough power level to be picked up it'll get picked up for memes it'll get picked up for players that are annoyed and just want to piss other players off uh, but I don't think from a winning game standpoint that it's gonna to get used all that often
0: all right i mean it's enough on that so there is uh one more thing that we really wanted to kind of dive into before we you know ended this episode uh and that is going to be the weapon skin upgrade system and everything that comes along with it it's really interesting looking there's a lot of stuff that's pretty cool and i kind of mentioned it all in the intro but you know the first gun that we're going to get this on is going to be the barrel and it starts off and it's this kind of nondescript pink painted barrel And the stock is more of like a homemade stock that has this like gear on it. It's called the gear head. You buy these things called contraband crates, which can be purchased with 200 G coin each or bought as a pack of 10. And so you unbox these things and you get the chance at an upgradable weapon skin, ordinary special grade or like elite epic kind of uh, level skins for guns or you get schematics or polymers. You use the polymers and the schematics, I think, to upgrade certain tiers of this evolving gun skin. And so, you know, to get the gearhead barrel that you can start to then progressively upgrade and make cooler and have all these features with it, you get a less than 1% chance. And you know, you get more like a 3% chance on some of the more standard things, uh, skins that you've seen forever, but you can turn in those extra skins that you don't need. You can actually scrap them for uh, schematics or contraband, I believe. So it's this whole system where you buy skins, you open them, and instead of just having these skins that you now need to sell on the steam market or something, or you can't sell it all, you can just trade it for BP. You trade it for these schematics so they have some sort of value when you got something that's valueless to you at this point. Hmm. Um, so the, it's it's a complicated system. It's something you're probably going to have to, like, get in and do on your own to really understand, and I haven't gotten in and really done it on my own yet. But I did see what the uh, upgrades look like. And so you go from the basic barrel skin, and then level two, you get a magazine and muzzle skin. So your magazine and your muzzle will actually be, like, a pink color instead of just black or silver. Then you get, like, an upgraded skin cosmetic to it. Level four is a battle stat counter that you can put on the gun. Level five is this cool, unique uh, weapon inspect animation where, you know, you look at it like normal, but then you like flip the gun around and, you know, it's kind of cool. You probably won't do it too much, but it's fun. Level six, you get a kill feed skin that is super noticeable. And I thought it might just be client side for you to be like, oh, look, I'm cool. Maybe your team could see it. But it actually appears in the kill feed for everyone to see. And this one has this like teddy bear in this gear and then like it looks like chains going around the person's name saying like this person killed this other person or not this other person with the barrel. <laughs> and so you know it's that. And then you get uh, grip skins, uh, the final rare skin cosmetic. And then the final thing for the gun itself is a scope skin which looks really great on like level four, level three scopes. Not so noticeable on the, the smaller ones but they're just smaller housing those so that's going to be really cool when you have your m4 de- or barrel decked out with like a 4x and, and you're just looking at the inspect of it and you have all of those upgrades on there it's going to look really nice
1: can you earn this stuff or is it only paid crates i
0: i don't know how it's going to work in terms of what you can earn or, or how you can do it i mean i'm pretty sure you'll also be able to open or hoping you can also open the bp bought crates get one skin uh the contraband crates come with like three gun skins every box um, whereas like the ones you buy with BP, which is the free currency in the game that most of us have like a hundred thousand of only get like one skin and it's usually kind of crappy. So I, I don't know if you're able to turn in those kind of things for, you know, schematics or whatever they're called. But yeah, I don't know if this is fully like you got to buy into it. Yeah. We'll see. Either way, I think some of us, I'm looking at myself here are probably going to try and get it. Um, if not for this one, maybe there will be one down the line that speaks to one of us a little more. And we're like, that's the one I want to get and upgrade. Um, but even then, it's a chance to get it and start it at all, so we'll see. We'll see how popular it is, but it was pretty cool. They kind of gave it right to you, and, and some people were upgrading it, like, right away in the test server last night. I I, I didn't notice it until I was watching uh, C Dome later on. But the last thing that you can get with the weapon upgrade is a loot crate skin. So this is the death box for enemies. If you kill them, there's a skin on their death box, and this one's really cool. It's got the teddy bear theme and it's got this, it's like a darker color box and it's got this little black flag with like the Jolly Roger like skull and crossbones on it. And the flag itself sticks up a decent little, little bit to the point where it's definitely a little easier to look for that box at that point. And it's just something kind of cool, like, yeah, I killed the guy with this special weapon that I got, and I think it's going to render, I think when you get one of these and you start leveling it up, it's going to render your other skins for that gun kind of useless, because you would be like, I want to use this one, like, every every game, it's just so cool. It's going to look cool. The salvage system's a little little complicated, I'm not going to run into that. It should be interesting, I think it's definitely just going to be something you need to play around with a little more, and, and, like, watch before you really understand how it works.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited to dig into it because I recently my uh my oldest son got into Rocket League and oh they have imports, right? So the contraband <laughs> kind of reminded me of that and then scrapping stuff down and trading and who knows if it's going to lead to that kind of thing but that could be pretty neat but it's rocket league i wonder if it's similar to that yeah it is it is but i wonder if this is the beginning of a more robust crafting and trading system potentially in PUBG, which i think could be neat especially to have something to kind of mess around with in the out game right once you get into uh, in, when you're waiting in queue or whatever, if you have some stuff to work on or mess with or scrap, I think that could be nice little one minute, you know, one to two minute tasks. And from that standpoint, I think it could just be really, really kind of a good change.
0: I'm also interested to see if this leads to thing more skins being marketable in the Steam marketplace. Yeah. Uh, because CSGO and Rust have insane marketplace. Uh, and you know, you buy a skin from Rust, you, you know, you only get a week to buy it when the developer releases it. So if not a lot of people buy this one skin, uh, there might only be a couple thousand of them in the world and people are holding on to them. So there might only be three on the marketplace and it drives the value way up. And I mean PUBG has had a couple of skins that have been worth money that, you know, you've seen one or two uh, like PCS skins go for 70, 80 dollars. And so if more of those things can make it in, um, and be marketable. That could be really interesting to see how that works too. And then maybe you can buy lower tier skins off of the marketplace and use it to trade in for polymers and scrap or whatever it is. Um, but we'll see how it all plays out. I do hope there's a way to kind of like cut your losses a little better if you do that. And, and then hopefully there is a way to very slowly even just get some of those crafting materials so you could potentially upgrade your gun on its own, even if you have to luckily win the the upgradable skin through a crate initially. If it turns out that it costs someone like, you know, if like the cost analysis, like the average cost for upgrading the skin fully is going to be 40, $50. Like no one's going to want to do it. It's going to be kind of bad press right away for it. So hopefully there are ways to earn that skin too. We'll see.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at is I think it's really neat if, and and it doesn't even have to be quick, but if you can earn this by, you know, just investing some time, even if it's a little bit of time over months or years and get it, that's great. But if it's only a paid thing, I think that's a mistake. So I guess we'll see exactly how it goes. And it might even be in the notes how all of it works or in the PTR right now. But I haven't uh, I haven't logged in and and messed with this enough to know. So that's something I need to check out still. But man, this what it all boils down to me is, I mean, we're it's not going to end up this long, but we're approaching the three hour recording mark. This is a monster, monster patch and dev note that we got. And I just think that's awesome because of how quiet it's been uh, for the first part of this year. So this just excites me to no end all of the different stuff that's coming to the game that's changing because we needed some content and boy, is there a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so there's, you know, we're nearing the end of what we have uh, slated here. Uh, You know, I mentioned that there is lobby soccer. Kind of cool. You know, there's no like dribbling, real dribbling mechanics or there's no like wind up for a shot. You kind of just run into the ball. But it's really fun and funny to just kind of chase the ball around. And one was really funny. We were at the prison on Miramar and uh, all of a sudden I look over and there are like 20 people chasing the soccer ball like it's like a six-year-old soccer game. Everyone's just running for this ball and then it gets stuck under one of the trucks that you can't move. And you saw like 15 people all trying to like shimmy their way <laughs> under and knock it out like a cat who lost its ball onto the couch. <laughs> and ended up just getting lodged directly in the middle because there's too many cooks in the kitchen on that one. But it was such a funny thing just watching all these people all looking at each other like, I want the ball. I need the
1: ball. Yeah, it was hilarious. It's amazing how something as simple as that little ball was. It caught a lot of people's attention.
0: It's just a charming little thing, and and I definitely appreciate it. And it's like they didn't have to do anything too crazy, just a ball with minor physics added to it, which I'm saying minor. The dev who did this is probably great in his teeth. Like, that was a tough one. You know, so sorry, I don't know anything about coding. But to me, it seems like it was something that wasn't too crazy, but it did give you a little something to do. Maybe they'll start to give us more obstacle courses that, you know, JMac and Trigger like to find and and do at the start of every game. You know, maybe ones in a more official way. But yeah, the lobby soccer is cool. Apparently, there's some bot improvements. Yeah, everything else, we already talked about the emergency pickups and... Everything else is pretty standard, you know. There's nothing too crazy. There's there's a bunch of new skins that you can check out in the past. And then all your UI and gameplay bug fixes.
1: Yeah, this is a ton of stuff. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fixes as well, but... Um, overall, man, I'm I'm really pumped to see this stuff hit the live servers and really get a bunch of people testing it. I think that's going to be fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. All
0: right. So that brings us to the end of a very long show. Uh, whether this gets chopped up or not, we will find out. But thank you for listening to this long episode. Uh, lots of content here. Trigger was just saying a lot of stuff to be excited about. A lot of stuff that we have to kind of wait and see how it's going to pan out. But I think this is a very positive thing to come after a quiet time. Again, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to Patreon. We have the link in the description here. If you can rate the show via iTunes or just call up a friend, see how they're doing. Maybe you lost touch with them over the past year. I know a lot of us have. Reach out to them, see how they're doing, and then plug our show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Make them play the game.
0: Yeah. Like, hey, how you doing? Maybe we should grab a beer. And also, this show winner winner is fantastic. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram, Discord, and Twitter. Links for all of that in the description. If you want to find me, you can find me at the one heart with an underscore on the end. And trigger at MTB Trigger on both Twitch and Twitter. You can find Spiffy Man's Music on Bandcamp and Spotify. And again, thanks to everyone who listens to each episode. Our listeners are a diverse group and we love hearing from you all after episodes get released. It's a pleasure to still be here creating PUBG content for you and hopefully content like this keeps coming and we all stay excited playing the game that brought so many of us together for three or four years now. It's crazy to think about. Crazy. Play more. Thirst less. Have fun. Winner winner. Out.